Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, it's State of State. We got your Nittany Line update. It's a football discussion with Tom and Justin. So kick back and press play. With former Penn State and NFL defensive back Justin King, I'm Tom Hannafin. This is State of State. This podcast is presented by Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up to the minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. State of State is presented by Bet Online. The game starts here. Are you looking for a higher potential return on your savings? Turn to our sponsor, Save. As an SEC-registered investment advisor, Save safely combines the best parts of saving and investing with its Market Savings program. Market Savings is a savings product that provides you with market returns instead of interest. The returns come from diversified investment portfolios based on your individual investment profile. The return from the investments is paid to you at the end of the selected investment term. But investing comes with risk, right? Well, with SAVE, your deposit is FDIC insured and never used for any investments. The current variable APYs are 9.07% for the one-year product and 7.9% for the five-year product. So what does this cost you? Well, SAVE only charges a fee when your investments make you money. To learn more or to sign up, visit www.joinsave.com slash state. That's joinsave.com slash state. The link to the website is in the description of this podcast. State of State invites you to join Save. Hi, everyone, and welcome to State of State. He's Justin King. I'm Tom Hannafin. Not a ton happening right now, but we obviously have our finger on the pulse of what's going on with Penn State football. The recruiting cycle continues to be very, very positive. Again, I feel like we do this every week, Justin, but a shout out to Kenny Sanders and the kennel because what they're doing for 25 and 26 just continues to look really, really positive and Despite all the changes that are happening right now in NIL, the transfer portal, college football, conference realignment, all this stuff, Penn State continues to be this model of consistency when it comes to recruiting. Uh, shout out to James Franklin, his whole staff, but Kenny Sanders and company. The, the, what they have going right now is really special, Justin, and you were a part of it at one point. No, especially in this day and age, I, I think the personnel departments and just the operational aspect of football teams is going to come to light because there's a lot more things to manage, right? Whether it's NIL, transfer portal, and an asset allocation with the money and all these different things. Um, so to have a core foundation of how you're acquiring talent gives you an upper hand or advantage against the others because you're not really chasing. You're kind of sticking to your bait and you're catching the fish for your bait. And you're not really going around looking for, you know, guys that don't fit that mold of what you're looking for. So I think they found it and that's why you see the consistency where you don't see a lot of attrition or guys jumping into the portal or even through the recruiting process, guys flip-flopping or leaving because I think they're 
pretty consistent how they approach um, that talent acquisition funnel from a philosophical approach, right? Based on like the values of the players that fit there. And when you align that way, I mean, you should have some success. They seem to be. Uh, don't forget, like, comment, subscribe, rate us, and follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at State of State Pod. All of that sincerely helps the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, within this show, we're going to talk a little bit about what James Franklin has been putting out there on social media that even has some others in the Penn State media landscape stumped at the moment. Some head scratchers, potentially. Some movement in regards to coaches around the Big Ten Conference as a whole. That's pretty interesting. But we do want to focus on the top five impact players for Penn State football in 2024. Now, Justin, obviously, it's freaking February, and there's a lot of stuff that can happen between now and when the season starts. But projecting ahead, I think this is a fun conversation because you and I have discussed it. This doesn't feel like last year's offseason where things felt really rock solid at multiple positions across the board. The hype was unreal. Everybody's talking about a Big Ten title, a college football playoff berth, maybe a national title run. Unfortunately, none of those things happened. But now it's a lot of wide open competition, and you and I have talked about it. But I think there's plenty of spots that are still yet to be determined on both sides of the ball, far more than we saw last year. So uh, I want you to, to start this off in no particular order, uh, not necessarily ranked one through five, but off the top of your head, who's an impact player for you next year? I'm thinking of impact players on this Penn State football roster. Let me think of the key positions. I mean, you got to go with the running backs, right? Can I put those together as one, like the the dual? The two-headed monster? The yeah. Two-headed monster. That's <laughs> that's one. It. I think they're, they're, they're a great impact um, item. Uh, TJ Warren is another one. Uh, I have to have him on the list. I, Drew has to be, I think. I mean, has again, I think, I think the quarterback position has to be. Let's put it that way. But I'm saying Drew, but like whoever's in that position has to be a key impact player because if he gets beat out, I would assume that Bo is a impact player from that position for him to make him sit down. And on the defensive side, I gotta go uh gotta go Abdul Carter. Less responsibilities pinning the airs back on the defensive end and then KJ Winston on the back end. Hmm. I was gonna say only one member of lockdown you. I'm I'm a little disappointed by you. <laughs> I thought you'd go I mean, five straight DBs. You know, no, no, no. You know, you got to see the whole squad. We got so there's some question marks on the back end. We got to got to fill in, right? We got some new transfers that came in and talk about impact players. KJ made some plays last year. He graded out on the goofy PFF stuff pretty well, but also has the abilities to <laughs> make some athletic why plays. And now, I don't know if I've ever asked you this. Why don't you like the PFF grades? We here at State of State are so excited to have a brand new sponsor. The Cut app is a peer-to-peer -peer social betting platform that's legal in over 40 states. Cut has customizable odds, tracking capabilities, and an entire social network with group chats, user profiles, and rewards. For me, I love live in-game betting, whether it's with my friends hanging out on the couch, having a few drinks, seeing how the game plays out, or if it's doing it from a distance. I have friends who live out of state. We love to give each other flack as a game is going on, texting each other back and forth. Cut gives me the ability to do that in real time. And especially with college basketball season going on, this is one of the most fun times to be doing something like this. And especially next month, March, when things really get chaotic. Use our promo code Believe Penn State. That's B L E A V Penn State 
for a 10% welcome deposit bonus and check out the link in the description of this podcast. Don't forget the promo code Believe Penn State. That's B L E A V Penn State for a 10% welcome deposit bonus. Cut. Put your money where your mouth is. State of State is a proud supporter of Blue White Outfitters. Blue White Outfitters was created as a retail shop meant to highlight the confidence, competitiveness, and fearlessness of the elite athletes found throughout the history of Penn State University. Check out their Lockdown U and Lawn Boys merchandise today. All sales from Blue White Outfitters directly benefit Penn State student-athletes. Visit www.bluewhiteoutfitters.com today. I don't like the grades because I know how they're graded. I mean, there is, there's inconsistencies in the variables of, like, actual schemes, right? Like, they don't know if a defensive lineman is holding up a two-gap and that's his responsibility or if this person's supposed to spill and how they're calculating. So when I was at the XFL, we dealt with PFF because they gave us all the analytics for the team and how to track it to make the game better. So in that, we had to make sure we were – like things were getting charted the right way. So once I realized it was a lot of interns taking, you know, subjective knowledge and looking at mm -hmm. there was stuff I'm like, okay, that's a win. That's a loss. That's a win. And then it's a mechanism to educate the fans. So we're working at league office. It's it's the core purpose is education to the fans. Like and internally it's used to see tendencies and things of that nature. So I think there is value to PFF, but the grades are just taking what a, a can of salt. But sometimes, you know, you could use them to make an argument. You can do anything with numbers in, the, in this game. So you got to have the eye test. It's a science and an art. But True. when it comes to the grades, I don't like the PFF. So your top five impact players, first of all, one, you had both the running backs, so Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. I completely that's agree that's with that. Being, monster, yeah. But yeah, the, the one, two-headed monster, whatever you want to call it. Uh, tight end Tyler Warren. Uh, Abdul Carter at defensive end. KJ Winston at safety. And who was your fourth? It, it has to be quarterback. The quarterback position. I completely agree on the quarterback front. I'll get to my top five here in a second, but I want to do sit on this with the quarterback front. There was a comment on our YouTube channel by someone that said, Drew must be named a captain in 2024. Must? I completely disagree. It would be encouraging if he was, but it's a little discouraging at this point that he hasn't been already. Still young. I don't know if it's discouraging that he hasn't been yet. I think it'll be a little bit of a red flag or be tough if he's not named that going into next season as the starting quarterback. And I think that's why maybe a little manipulation internally was like, yeah, we have to name him as captain to make sure the fanfare of the heats kind of stays off from that standpoint. But a captain's a captain, but you just hope that your quarterback's that captain. That's why I said that quarterback position, because you just hope whoever is in that seat but even that, is the leader. Even a tiny bit of hesitation on your part, and you're not the only person who feels that way. Even that About tiny bit of hesitation, that hesitation of the quarterback position, not specifically Drew Hour, but the quarterback position, if it felt really solid it felt if you felt as confident as so many people did at the beginning of 2023 about number 15 you just said through hour as opposed to the quarterback position and i think there's a lot of penn state fans who are feeling kind of like are we about to see a change uh are things as rock solid as we thought they were 
I think he's the guy going into the season. Um, I agree with that, but you know, yeah. the long long term, is this going to be what everybody thought it was going to be? There's a lot of moving parts, man. Like, these guys are about to be employees. Like and, and college sports <laughs> in general is not what we thought it was going to be. Yeah, W two ready. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know I mean, so like when it comes to that, I'm 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 kind of kind of keeping my knees bent and staying light on my toes because. I mean, injuries happen. Think like not even really a matter not to push injury or anything, but things happen in football where I mean, hopefully he's the guy. Perfect world, but like the perfect mm-hmm. world, everybody's healthy and is out there. So I guess when you say that, I wasn't even thinking of it from that standpoint. But yeah, I mean I'm just trying to read Drew. between the lines, baby. No, I think Drew first. <laughs> I mean, I said Drew at first, right? But mm-hmm. yeah. There is a, there's a there's a level of open I can't say it's an open competition, but there's a guy there. <laughs> there is uh, still cement that can be uh, set, I guess. I'll put it that way. We'll see. We'll see. So I agree with you in terms of the quarterback position, uh, the two-headed monster at running back. Nick, I, Nick did, I didn't name one. I didn't name one running back. No, and I agree with you. No, but like the quarterback position, I think is just there's so much scrutiny scrutiny with it, and I think it's an interesting point to to bring up. So I agree with you on the quarterback position. I agree with you on the two headed monster running back, mostly because I think we're going to see a lot more of Penn State running the football this year than people realize. Andy Kotelnicki has made a living on this at multiple stops, so I do expect Nick Singleton and Katron Allen to be exhausted by the end of the year, and hopefully healthy by the end of the year. That's something to keep an eye on as well. For me, one person that I think it's more of a needs to be an impactful player or I think could surprise some people is Devon Elise. The one thing that Penn State has been missing since P.J. Mustafer graduated is that that nose tackle, so to speak, defensive tackle, whatever gap he's playing in, really causing havoc and dominating that space. And I think Devon Elise has played enough football, so much football. He has the size. He has the ability and the experience potentially do something because if he can be really really disruptive on that front then the aforementioned abdul carter who i would put in as my fourth guy uh can flourish and it's not to say that deny dennis sutton won't but i think there's a a higher expectation for abdul carter to pick up where chop robinson and adisa isaac left off a lot of that can start from the interior of the defensive line it doesn't have to be those edge rushers necessarily that you're consistently relying on but I do think there's a big opportunity for Devon Elise in 2024 to emerge as a premier D tackle within the conference at the least. What do you think? Um, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, it's funny you name PJ Mustafer. They were teammates mm-hmm. uh, from McDonough High School out in Baltimore, Baltimore County. But with that, I mean, those are two, like, I guess when you say that nose tackle thing, like, like in my mind, like PJ Mustafer was a mountain, right? Like he was huge, 6'5, 330, whatever that was. And Devon at least is a little bit more athletic, agile. Uh, I'm not going to say, but yeah, more he's agile. On, he's put on good weight, as James Franklin. He's put on likes good weight. Yeah, yeah, weight. yeah. But he's more of a twitchy movement type of D tackle, right? So mm-hmm. when it comes to that, like you would hope for him to penetrate and make plays in the backfield. And with this being his sixth year, he needs to emerge as a top player in the conference, right? Any guy that stays in my brain after three years should be um, a bona fide contributor or a core contributor to the team. Uh, And then my fifth impact player, and this might not be the sexiest thing, Sal Wormley at guard. (laughs) 
frankly, wherever he winds up. And there's so many questions right now about what this offensive line is going to be. You and I have talked about it at length now, but the amount of competition that we're going to see, Sal Wormley feels like the one guy that it's like, okay, we feel really confident knowing what we have in him coming back. And Vega Yuane, for that matter, but I think Sal obviously being there longer, I look to Sal Wormley as a guy who could potentially anchor that offensive line, at least be a leader on that offensive line, because there is a ton of competition out there with Drew Shelton, J.B. Nelson, uh, Nick Dawkins, in terms of offensive tackle, Nolan Rucci, the transfer from Wisconsin. People are talking about him. You and I were talking about this before we started recording, but our, our buddy Landon Tangwall, who we had on the show, has recently compared what Anthony Donko did in the Peach Bowl to some of the early flashes of Olu Fashanu. So it's that that's a very high expectation. Javen Williams apparently has been flashing as of late. So there's a lot of competition among that offensive line, and that needs to be locked down again because of the way Andy Kotelnicki runs his offense, considering the amount of competition, new faces, possible rotation, all those things going into this year. So for me, again, one, it's the quarterback position in no particular order. Also, the two-headed uh, monster running back. I agree on Abdul Carter. I think Devon Elise is going to be important, and then Sal Wormley. Those are my big five going into next season. Thoughts? It's a solid five. No, it's a solid five, man. That's like a, that's a that's a real in-depth fan one, right? To pull a guard out to make him a, a impact player. That's <laughs> a real fan a fan move there. So I, I, you, I gotta, you have to give a guard some love when they're good. I respect, yeah. it. <laughs> I respect no one, it. No one gives the offensive line guys any credit. I recruited Sal. So he's one of the last last Mohicans before I There left. you go. There you go. <laughs> Um, hopping to, I mentioned something that's popped up on social media as of late. Uh, it was a point raised by our friend within the Penn State football podcasting world, Thomas Frank Carr, Blue White Illustrated. He recently reposted on X uh, a clip that James Franklin had put out of safety Jalen Reed. James Franklin has gotten into this habit as of late in terms of uh, posting a similar clip about uh, Keandre Lambert Smith, Amin Vanover, and Tyler Warren, basically a highlight reel tape, and it includes their position, uh, where they're from, their high school, their coach. So uh, the thing that T. Frank said is, I don't know why these tweets are going out there, but I'm dying to know why. So naturally, you know, your antennas go up of like, oh, James Franklin says things without saying them. Like, what's he really trying to say? So I was like, let me go right to the source. Justin King, what is James Franklin trying to say? <laughs> oh, no, I'm the source. But if I read well, between the lines, right? Someone no. who used to work for the source. <laughs> No, I, I think in just this day and age of NIL, you go down to the, the core basis of it, right, where it's recruiting, talent acquisition, and still the relationships with the high school coaches and the community that he's recruiting in. And I think the one thing that you need to point out in, uh, in the tweet is things that you don't typically see together. Like you typically see a highlight or him shouting out a player, but you don't typically see a highlight of a player and him calling out the school and the coach. So just pretty much saying like, look, man, look what we're doing with your player, giving the school a little shout out, giving the coach a little shout out and giving some level of ev some evidence of impact of like, look at the player and how they're progressing through their career. All this while showed like shining some spotlight and some exposure on the player, coach and school in general. So when we think about NIL and activating those things, that one tweet is great, a great digital asset for those three entities, the player, the coach, and the school. When you just think about them getting traffic, being able to share it. And then it also lends well to some residual impact that he can have when he goes back into that school to recruit because now you're starting to brainwash the community. Like, hey, this is one of the 
this is a, a coach that supports our community and taking our players and develop them and what they need to be. And that's really what NIL is, right? Once you just get around the money exchange piece of it, but it's amplifying the voice and the faces of these athletes and players so we know who they are behind the helmets. So I think that's what he's doing. <laughs> Yeah, uh, like you know, James is there's things he says in press conferences where you're like, ah, what was what's he really saying or something like that. And I think that's why Thomas Frank Carr put out that tweet. And he and I went to school together, so I tend to agree with a lot of things that he has in terms of observations. But uh, for me, I'm like, okay, this signals to me that while some schools are devaluing recruiting in favor of the transfer portal in favor of quote unquote proven commodities. And that, that, that is even a stretch as a term in and of itself. James Franklin is going the opposite direction and making sure that recruiting is strong and continues to be strong. That's the bedrock of what Penn state wants to do. And yes, grabbing some select guys in the transfer portal that fit, that fit the school, that fit the community, that fit the program, the culture and the position of need. All those things have to fall into place, which is really the stars aligning. But for me, I'm like, this is great because this is a, a part of the world of college football that isn't going away by any means, Justin, but you see more and more schools. I think Colorado is obviously the best example right now of a school that does not care about recruiting and they're just going to hit the portal hard. Penn State doing the opposite. And this is just a small example of that. Well, I would also say I think recruiting is different ways, right? Because we're you have to recruit the portal. Like, so it's just not recruiting yeah. high school players. Very and I would point. say to Dion's to Dion's credit, he's done his recruiting in the past in the sense coming from the grassroots of Texas and up through high school. He knows these players. So like the relationship aspect and plucking players from different areas, he's invested time in the grassroots. Sometimes when you're coming from a college coach, there is more, um, you know, earning your stripes within the community of, you being a good guy and not just one of those big time coaches that makes a lot of money and exploits the players. So that is a real avenue of, I guess, dissension amongst small town fans, big time head coach, and like how things progress when you get into the nitty gritty of uh, recruiting. Just for a quick story, I mean, we were recruiting a guy at Baton Rouge, running back, and he was going to commit to us, and his parents had a a dry cleaner and started getting threats from the community. Like if they were sending their kids to state college, that they would mess up their dry cleaner. And so you see like there's different communities that really care about what's going on and where these different quote unquote assets uh, take their talents in college. So, yeah. People really care about college football in some, uh, some crazy ways. Yeah. <laughs> and they were, and they're willing to pay too. Those areas are willing to also pay the money. <laughs> that they are. Um, speaking of coaches within college football, I think this is a really important hire within the Big Ten. UCLA has hired Eric Bieniemy to be their associate head coach and offensive coordinator. This is a huge hire, considering you just lost Chip Kelly, leaving his head coach, going to be offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Deshaun Foster now takes the head coaching role on short notice, really, in the grand scheme of things, UCLA having to scramble and promoting from within. To install Eric Bieniemy, that is a stabilizing hire altogether. And Bieniemy has a proven track record. I know there's plenty of people who may look at what he did with the Kansas City Chiefs and say, well, that was Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill and Andy Reid. And, and some people don't give him his flowers. 
but look at the way that offense changed this past season. Yes, they still won the freaking Super Bowl because they have all these stars, etc. Eric Bieniemy was critical to the run that they had leading up to this season. And you could even see how much he was able to get in a very short amount of time out of Sam Howell uh, with the Washington Commanders. Was it anything earth-shattering? No, but I think it was light years better than what it really could have been. Bieniemy going to UCLA. What did you think? I mean, it's interesting, right? Because he he left the ship uh, and with the Chiefs and goes out to the Commanders. Just the the fluidity between college coaching and head coaching. I mean, coaching in the NFL has continued to open up. I mean, it's been pretty fluid. But I like the move for him. To be completely honest, it's a great hire. I think for uh, Sean Foster as a first time head coach, bringing him in as a offensive coordinator. I think that's more of the highlight that I saw. I was like, man, that's a great hire from him mm-hmm. to have somebody that comes from, you know, Andy Reid tree offensive prowess that they had and kind of bringing it in to uh, UCLA. You know, we both running back guys. So I bet you they're going to have um, a ground type of attack that's really balanced out. But uh, I think it's a great move. I mean, it brings a level of intensity to the college game and instant credibility when you talk about recruiting at the high school level. And a lot of these guys want to play professionally. So when you do have that and you bring NFL guys or NFL coaches into someone's living room, they do speak a little different than your traditional college coaches because they are all ball, right? Like this is their business for real. And they approach it that way. And it comes off different than sometimes the relationship building of your traditional recruiting. Um, So just a matter of how you attract players. So I think it's a great move. And I think this is where college sports is going. So we just got to continue to sharpen up as coaches as we see that margin of error in that area continue to slim down. I am very excited for the coaching battle that's going to go down for Penn State versus UCLA in Happy Valley on October 5th. Penn State hosting the Bruins. Very excited about that because you're going to have Eric Bieniemy versus Tom Allen, offensive coordinator <laughs> versus defensive coordinator. I cannot wait to see that matchup. And I think, yes, there have been some uh, personnel that have departed UCLA, both on and off the field. We talked about Chip Kelly, Dante Moore going to Oregon. They're going to have uh, some turnover, and they may not necessarily be uh, a powerhouse within the Big Ten. But adding the enemy is got to be a very big attraction. If you're a recruit, if you're in the transfer portal, going to play for him, that's a big deal. You're playing in L.A., you're playing in the Big Ten. So many positives have come of that. So really excited because that's one of the best home matchups that Penn State has this coming year. So I'm looking forward to that. Thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, Again, hop in the comment section on YouTube. Hit us up on social media, X, Instagram, and TikTok at at State of State Pod. And let us know what you guys are paying attention to, what you're excited about, what you're worried about, anything that really stands out to you at this time of the year. We appreciate it. Like, comment, subscribe, turn on notifications, and rate us. Thank you all so much for joining us. This episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Also, let us know what you think of the show on social media and check out all of our content on X, Instagram, and TikTok. Search for the handle at State of State Pod. State of State is presented by Bet Online and by Blue White Outfitters. 
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.